That is not dead which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die. I love stories. Heroes go on adventures in other worlds. Defy insurmountable odds. Stories are like a living thing. My father. He wrote me. Said we have a secret legacy. A birthright that's been kept from us. Lovecraft country. That place. It's not real. You sure? They don't like outsiders at all. I found more than a few stories about travelers being attacked in the surrounding woods. By what? Go through trials and tribulations. This world is haunting us. It's like the devil. The American dream depends on the question: What is reality? What is reality? Hi, my name is Dylan, and I'm some nobody. Across these next few minutes and the following episodes of this show, my writing partner and fellow nobody, Zach Wiseman, and myself, along with the occasional guest, will be discussing Lovecraft Country, an HBO original series adapted from the novel of the same name by Matt Ruff and inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Before we get to that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the man himself. For those who don't know, Howard Phillips Lovecraft is the author of such classic works as The Call of Cthulhu, The Color Out of Space, and At the Mountains of Madness. His work is often held as the codifier of eldritch horror. If you know the terms Elder Gods, Great Old Ones, or the words squamous, gibbering, or eldritch, you have read something inspired by his work. H.P. Lovecraft was born in 1890 in Providence, Rhode Island. His early life was marked with tragedy as family members were alternatively committed to psychiatric hospitals or suffered early deaths, and Lovecraft himself experienced substantial mental disturbance in the forms of undiagnosed, and at the time unrecognized, depression which resulted in nightmares and strange dreams when combined with the stories his grandfather used to tell him. Lovecraft started writing at an early age, with poetry and short fiction inspired by the weird tales and speculative fiction which were fixtures of his childhood. Though his early work focused on chemistry, it wasn't long before he began publishing the fiction which would become associated with his name. Throughout the 1910s, Lovecraft involved himself in amateur journalism, publishing letters and short fiction in various journals. In July of 1917, Lovecraft published Dagon, which served as the first widely recognized entry into his major canon, in which a tortured World War I veteran finds himself marooned on a slimy black mass somewhere in the ocean, before he is confronted by a hieroglyph-covered monolith and a massive nightmare creature. In the 1920s, Lovecraft grew increasingly close with a circle of fellow writers, including Lord Dunsany and August Derleth. It is during this time in which Lovecraft published stories into what later became known as the Cthulhu Mythos, 
a series of connected stories sharing the idea of mankind's insignificance in the universe set against the machinations of ancient eldritch beings. The death of his mother and a marriage to Sonia Green, a publisher, and the resulting move to New York City informed much of Lovecraft's work at this time. But Lovecraft was a timid man sensitive to criticism, and the last years of his life were marked by abandonment and loneliness. Sonia and he eventually agreed to an amicable divorce, and she later remarried when she moved to California. Much of Lovecraft's work went unpublished due to his fear of rejection, and that which was published was often riddled with errors and sold poorly. The death of his close friend and fellow author, Robert E. Howard, stole much of his fortitude, and Lovecraft's fear of doctors resulted in a diagnosis of small intestine cancer a month before his death. H.P. Lovecraft died in a hospital in Providence, Rhode Island on March 15, 1937, but his legacy endured. Throughout his writing career, Lovecraft maintained regular correspondence with a large number of contemporaries, including Clark Ashton Smith and August Derleth. These authors, among others, formed what was later called the Lovecraft Circle, as their own works borrowed heavily from Lovecraft's themes and imagery. It was August Derleth who was perhaps most responsible for Lovecraft's work enduring beyond his death. Though Lovecraft's work treated his pantheon of alien beings as set dressing, Derleth expanded the mythology to include wars between factions, associations with classical elements, and other rationalizations of what Lovecraft intended to be an irrational and uncaring setting. Lovecraft's influence, and Derleth's by proxy, was felt throughout the second half of the 20th century. Stephen King, Alan Moore, Junji Ito, William S. Burroughs, and dozens others have credited Lovecraft with inspiring their views on the horror genre, and his visual influence can be seen in the works of John Carpenter, Guillermo del Toro, and H.R. Geiger. When the vast majority of Lovecraft's work entered the public domain in 2008, the amount of Cthulhu-themed fiction and products exploded, and a new examination of the man entered the public conscience. Which is a good thing, because the man was an outspoken and vicious racist, even when compared with the mood of his contemporaries. It was not a late development in Lovecraft's life, either. The first signs of Lovecraft's backwards views on non-white, and indeed, even non-Anglo-Norman peoples, appeared with the publication of the poem Providence in 2000 AD, in 1912. Other racist poetry went unpublished, but was discovered posthumously and made available, with titles which I will not repeat here, but have become rather well known. If you look up the name of Lovecraft's cat, you will get the idea of what kind of racism I am talking about. It's not like Lovecraft's views were hidden in his work. Multiple pieces of fiction written by the man feature subhuman creatures coming from the seas to steal away white women, degrade society, and drive civilized, educated, academic men insane. His short story, The Street, is possibly even more blatant. It portrays Russian immigrants as terrorists during a time when Bolshevism was a boogeyman in the United States and nativism was on the rise in the country. With all of this in mind, the question that a lot of fans of classic fiction, and even modern fiction, have to ask themselves at certain points is, can I separate the artist from his art? In some cases, the answer is... maybe. In Lovecraft's case, I would argue, no. Lovecraft's work is defined by a fear of the outsider, of the foreign and unfamiliar. It is the racism of a timid, scared man who reacts by lashing out at what's different than him, but it is racism nonetheless which fully informs his work. 
Some readers could be satisfied by claiming that his nihilistic worldview condemns everybody equally, but his nihilism is predicated on a hatred for non-white people regardless. And that's where work like Matt Russell Lovecraft Country comes into play. Published in 2016, Lovecraft Country is a novel and an attempt by the author to center what was originally a typical Lovecraftian-style story on the sort of character not traditionally portrayed in this type of genre, a group of black people during the Jim Crow law era. Lovecraft Country focuses on Atticus Freeman, a horror and science fiction fan who receives a letter from his missing father, alerting him to a birthright awaiting the town of Ardham. He sets off in the company of his uncle George and childhood friend Letitia to find this inheritance and his missing father. Along the way, they deal with classical Lovecraftian weird fantasy and monsters, alongside the racism that was prevalent in 1950s America. The author, Matt Ruff, was born in New York City in 1965 and bore a twin fascination with storytelling and large families. His novels are widely inspired by these experiences and a love of genre fiction. His newest novel, 88 Names, was released in 2020. HBO released the first episode of Lovecraft Country's adaptation on Sunday, August 16. We are releasing these first episodes discussing the context and episode 1 on Thursday, August 20, which is H.P. Lovecraft's 130th birthday. The timing of these releases are intentional. The United States is undergoing a re-recognition and reckoning of its racist past, and it's important to bring these to the forefront and discuss them, especially in the context of popular culture as we have experienced it over the past hundred years. The adaptation of Lovecraft Country was created by Jordan Peele and Mish Green. It stars Journey Smollett, Jonathan Majors, Anjanud Ellis, and Courtney B. Vance. This may feel like a lot for what is effectively a discussion of a pulp show featuring monsters and racism, but Lovecraft's influence extends so far and stretches so deep that it must be acknowledged for the genre to grow. With Lovecraft Country's publication and adaptation, it seems that these acknowledgments are creeping, gibbering and squamous from the murky depths. We are some nobodies, and for now, we're discussing Lovecraft Country.